Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. All aboard! <laughs> You're in the crazy train. With the Midwestern Shooter Supplies, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Well, good morning, everybody, and thanks for joining us this morning. This is the Midwestern Shooter Supplies, Cutting Edge Outdoors, with your hosts, Dan Bush and me, Tommy the True Neubauer. Christian Jaskalski is producing today. And uh, we just want to let you know that we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live. We are unrehearsed. You never know what the heck's going to happen on this show. We welcome you aboard the crazy train. So get your tickets punched, have a seat, and have a good time. You can also join, you know, the conversation. Talk to the conductor, if you will, or the engineer at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Good morning, guys. What's up? Eh, not much. Not much. Saw a couple of buck out in the parking lot. Pulled in today, <clears throat> and there's a couple, there's three deer out there, and two of them are bucks in velvet, and uh, the one had an especially big body size. Yeah. And uh, is you know, it was getting up to the tops of his ears. I think that's going to be a really big buck. Mm-hmm. The other one, you know, looked like a pretty good sized body, and then there was a smaller deer with them, um, the doe. But there they are, just standing in the right parking lot. In the parking lot, right next to your van. Hey, they're ne- just standing there in the, on the concrete, just kind of looking like ne- they've been standing there waiting for me. Next fall, are you going to bring your uh, bow here? You know, and <laughs> 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 in, get here early in the morning and wait for them. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, next be- year I do have to. <laughs> next year I do have to shoot uh, shoot a deer because I. Yeah. Passed up a bunch with the rifle. This right, was the first yeah, year in 40 yeah. years. I didn't have any yeah. venison in the freezer. Oh, No venison burgers well, for 4th of July. You know our friend Keith, the electrician? Yeah. Uh, he gave me some venison. He shot two deer this year, one in, I think, November, one in December, and he gave me some of the meat. And I've already had uh, a, a venison stew. I've already had venison chops. Uh, yeah, it's that stuff is just so good. Now... <laughs> The, uh, the, 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 a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was a couple of months ago, 
I had that, and I don't know if we ever talked about it, Tom, that conference call with Governor yeah, Walker. Yeah, right, yeah. And he was yeah. announcing his new CWD policies. Right. And one of the things was double fencing at right. Deer Farms, right. which they should have done that. Long time ago. They should have yeah. done that when they found CWD back in what year, whatever year that was, 2000 or whenever. I can't even remember yeah, how long, long it's been. long time ago. They, but... I, I got a feeling that some of those, you know, that to own a deer farm, you got to own a lot of property mm-hmm. and you got to have a lot of money, mm-hmm. okay? Because they got people paying big bucks to come in, you know, from, and you know, Illinois buck. or wherever, yeah. yep. pick out that giant buck and, mm-hmm. and shoot it. So I got a feeling some of them were wealthy donors to some political, cont- you know, where mm-hmm. maybe they had some clout where that wasn't going to be required, but it's being required now. And I told you that since they encouraged testing, last year was the first year that they actually encouraged testing. Um, otherwise, it was only like if you got one in a CWD-infected zone, well, if you want to get it tested, you can take it in and get tested. Well, last year they encouraged it. And, of course, if you look at the CWD map on your new deer regulations that will come out this fall, there will be more shaded areas because there's more areas affected. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon that whole doggone map will be black. It'll be right. shaded because every area is affected. So it really seems like uh, a little too little too late on this whole CWD it, it, thing. It, it was the last thing in that in those there were four proposals, and the last one was the weird one where it said like you can take the meat but not the head or the bones or well that something okay. like that. It was a weird one, you it, know. The thing was that if you shot one in a CWD infected infested zone <clears throat> let's say you're in one county and you live in another county they're side by side and both are cwd affected from what i understand you could shoot one there and you could take it over to your home and the okay. other because both the counties are affected now again check the regulations don't take my word for this but <laughs> but if you got one in a cwd zone you weren't actually supposed to then Take any bones Take or head. It to a non-CWD zone, you could, right. yeah, you could, if you wanted, you could get the meat process there in the county where you shot it, or you could skin it, or you could skin it yeah. yourself and, and not but- take, butcher it yourself. take the meat, yeah. but not take the carcass. But then yeah. the loophole, as I understood it was, well, if you, if you're, unless you're going to take it to a License processor. Mm-hmm. So you could take and drive it back home to your non-CWD county and drop it off at your favorite Bucky's Fine Meats or whatever, and then you could do it. But it didn't sound like you could hang it in the garage and process it yourself. But it sounds totally unenforceable Unforceable because how about you drive home late at night mm-hmm. and you hang it in your garage to keep it cool and Mr. Warden comes and says, oh, I'm going to give you a citation. You harvested this. Uh, of course, first of all, there's no tag on it to begin <laughs> yeah, with. And yeah, then they'd, they'd, have, gotta, no idea. they'd have to check the records because you were have... supposed to call it in and say where you got it. But then you're going to say, oh, I'm going to take it to Bucky's Fine Meats at yeah. 8 o'clock this morning. So I am going to take it to the processor. Yeah. So. And or, you only say that if you got caught. Or you get pulled over in your car and go, well, yeah, I shot I'm it on up. My in this, I'm on my way to the processor. <laughs> they let you go, and you drive uh, home, put it in your garage, and cut it up with Uncle Jim yeah. the next day. So I still don't understand that it. That last one is a weird. You, like like Bushy said, 
Don't take his word for it. Read the directions it's, or read the instructions it's or sounding, whatever. It's sounding really convoluted, yeah. but we really waited way too long. And we got the, uh, you know, some of the landowners and hunters, we're kind of to blame ourselves from way back when, because when they initially wanted to eradicate the deer from some of these bad areas, nobody wanted eradicating their deer in their area. Mm-hmm. And you'd hear from guys go, well, you know, they've had, this has been around forever. My grandpa, you know, he shot some old looking deer that looked kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, nobody ever got sick. So nobody wanted to take the, the, the uh, little hurt then to avoid the big hurt later. Well, right. here we are. The DNR then kind of took a hands-off approach like, well, we'll monitor it. Well, that's like monitoring cancer. Yeah, oh, well, we'll monitor it. Well, that's going to help a whole lot. Yeah, that's not going to help. Now, and now, look, it's everywhere. Yeah, well. So I don't know if there's a perfectly round wheel on this one at all as far as any solutions. Yeah, but I, I have know. come to the con- conclusion that I'm going to sh- have every deer tested. Tested, that I, yeah. Shoot, they got yeah. the goofy kiosks, which in itself seems a little bizarre, that they're <laughs> going to have like metal drop-off. You know, like they got the Goodwill and Salvation Army drop-off stations where you drop off clothes for the yeah, handicapped. Yeah. Here we got these things where you're throwing deer heads in there, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It just the seems kind of weird. The flies will love it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're dropping off your deer head, and you got to cut the head off in a certain part, yeah. and uh, then leave it with you, and we'll call you if it's got CWD. Unreal. Hey, we got an email from our friend Dank. Haven't oh. haven't talked to Dank in a while, and he uh, appreciated us playing the uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky song. He said him and his wife really loved it, and uh, he said, "Yeah, thanks for that the blast from the past and all that." So yeah. it was nice to hear from Dank. It's good to hear from. He Dank. listens once in a while, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Did so. he did he finally get off that ankle bracelet? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he's listening now. Sorry, Dank. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that once he got in Canada that he he's across the border, he's safe up there. Yeah, maybe. You know, he's got not. his place up there. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he's on the one uh one big lake up there. I can't remember the name, but yeah, they got a place up there and yeah, he's got musky fishing heaven, and he retired years back. Mm-hmm. And I think his wife, she's probably, she was going to retire a couple of years later. Well, now is a couple oh, of years sure later. Oh, I'm sure she she's is probably, now, yeah. She's probably uh, retired now, too. Yeah. The last time I saw him was when John was alive up in Monkey Island, you know. So that, it's a while ago. Did I ever tell you, know? you the story? We were there, it was around Christmas time. And I'll tell you one after years. And, yeah. uh. Dank came up there. I was there, and uh, John and somebody else. And John sent me on a uh, on a beer run to the beer depot. Mm-hmm. And they weren't drinking beer. Those guys, they were getting all kinds of stuff. John, God knows what kind of mixed alcohol he wanted. But uh, Dank said, "I'll take a fat squirrel." So I want fat squirrel, which is a type of beer. Have you ever heard of it? No, I have not heard of fat squirrel. I think you haven't lived till you've had fat squirrel. I've heard of fat bastards. Yeah. Beer. And uh, me and Ron Johnson had woodchuck ciders years ago, right after he lost a four-foot muskie. Anyway, um, I just so happened to have been squirrel hunting the day before, and I hadn't cleaned them yet. It was winter, and I had about a a two-and-a-half-pound fox squirrel in the back of my truck, and it was a fat one. Yeah. So I put it in a plastic bag, and I came in, and I gave everybody their alcohol, and then I threw that plastic bag with the squirrel into Dank's lap. 
<laughs> and and he looked, I, and there was the fat squirrel. <laughs> and people got to, if you know, I'm sure people listening, they don't know Dank, right? Unless you know, except some of the regular yeah. listeners. But Dank is, uh, he's kind of a tall guy, kind of big. Uh, he's got long white hair. He looks like a guy that would be riding a Harley, and that would uh, kick your butt for looking at him sideways. You know, he just he he they hire him as security for a lot of places. You know, he's done that in the past, especially at the sports show and whatever. Right. Yeah, he's just a a, a big, but he's the nicest guy around. But you know, so doing something like that to Dank, you know, you always you you got to know him, you know. And my story was one time we were up in Monkey Island, and uh, he says, "Hey, let's get some za." I said, get some what? Let's get some za. I said, what the hell is that? He says, pizza. I says, are we getting? Are we now getting so lazy that we can't even say the full word? We got to shorten it to za. You can't say pizza. <laughs> I kind of like za. That's what I call it all the time. Do you really? I call it za all the time. Yeah. Yeah. See, I shorten. It's called. See? And he's it's called being smart. It's called being lazy. No, it's called it's being called smart. Being, being lazy. Short, yep. Shortening time. In trendy. Instead of here, it's dare. Trendy. Yes. A metrosexual. Is that a metrosexual term? <laughs> let's get some za. All right. Well, let's go. Let's take a break. And uh, I'm going hey, go to a... go get some za. Oh, I'll tell you this real quick before the break. Uh, Ken Mahuta from the Okachi Fishing Club is selling this really nice Lorance Lawrence HDS 9 Generation T. Three, uh, he's selling this, right? Mm-hmm. The only problem is he didn't leave his phone number. He just said it's on Craigslist. You know, I mean, it, Ken, if you're listening, leave your phone number so I can tell people. Well, you go to Craigslist and well, look you under go to, sporting goods. And look under and you'll for find, that uh, Lawrence. HD Lawrence yeah. 9, and there you go. Yeah, there you go. He doesn't so, leave his phone number. Well, Tons then, of chicks will be calling him, man. Oh, yeah. Just he like would, I he can't wouldn't want my that. number. He wouldn't want they gotta that. They got to live. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I live under uh, heavy security. All right. After this first break, uh, we will open up the phone lines to you folks. But first, we're going to take a few minutes out for to pay some bills. How about that? I you're thought li- you were having a smoke. No, I had one of those before. So okay, I might have another. Yeah, one. Yeah, every thirty minutes. Go get some. Go get some za. What, too. I think what, I'll get some za exactly? and coffee. Yeah, za and coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Breakfast all right. We'll be right back on one hundred five seven FM. The fan. Classic to a man. Yeah. Know every verse, man. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Yeah, you can always email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com or call us at 414-799-1250. Are those phone lines open, Kevin? Uh, Kevin, we're talking about Kevin. Uh, Jazz, are those phone lines open? Of course they are. Oh, all righty. Yeah, Good. I was just talking to Tom. I Danny went. went and visited our friend Kevin at Maple Ridge yep. last last week after the mm-hmm. show. Visited yeah, went with and visited. Kevin, one of our loyal listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was nice. That was very nice. So anyway, Danny, um, I caught a I caught a nice bass on Pewaukee this past week. Me real, too. Real nice one. This was 19 inches. Normally, a 19 inch bass weighs around four pounds. Yeah. 
This one was heavier. Oh, was, was she fat? She was round. I wish I had my Berkeley Digital uh, scale. Yep. Yeah, I wish I had that with me. Man, that thing was a that was that was a chunky bass. What I mean, real you, round. What did you catch it on? A wacky worm. On yeah, a, wacky. a chompers. Yeah, watermelon with red flake. That that is still my favorite color: watermelon, red flake. I got some of that, uh, and it's interesting you said that because last week Saturday, when I did get home, uh, out by yeah. uh, by Pewaukee there, I thought, you know, I'm gonna walk out on the pier and just chuck a cast or two. So I grabbed yeah. my pre-rigged wacky. Now I got a white worm. I oh, yeah? switched to a white one. Yeah, that's all right. Because I hadn't been catching anything. I think anything. it's salt and pepper, isn't it? No, it's just, no, it's just white. white. It's one white? of the old ones yeah. when Lowy sold them out for a buck a pack. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, anyway, because um, I hadn't been catching, it had been really bad this year, but there was some floating weeds now. Mm-hmm. And I've come to realize that those bass will be on the edge of those floating weeds, especially if they're packed up mm-hmm. by a pier. So I was talking to a, to a gal there who was doing the paddle boards, and I flipped the cast, and it, the cast was perfect. The whack, white wacky worm hit right on the edge of the weeds, and the water's so clear you could see it. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking over, looking at her, and I turn back, and I don't see my worm, right? Mm-hmm. So I set the hook, and it was a 19-incher. Oh, you got a 19 But too. it was a real skinny hmm. old fish. I talked to the other kids at the, yeah. at, the mus- at the shop there, and they've caught it a couple times. Oh, really? Same fish. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, but it's thin and old, and on the side of it are jaw marks, scars oh, from a muskie attack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could indentations yeah. where. And nowadays it could be a big pike attack now, too. Nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> although I think a muskie that's, uh, I mean, a bass 19 inches, I suppose it could be a big enough. I suppose a 35 inch Or maybe crazy a 40, pike, 40 inch crazy pike. pike. Yeah. Because there's 40 inch pike out there, so. Some, I don't think there's a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like an alien. I hear about yeah. him a lot, but yeah. I've never seen one right. myself. You know, uh, one time years ago on Lake Beulah, I had these two people out, and I was showing them how to walk the dog with a Zara Spook, and I caught a 24-inch largemouth that, Danny, I don't I don't know if that thing weighed four pounds, four or five was pounds. Was it, it on it, its old oh, one on its yeah, last it, legs? It, it had a big head, and its body just tapered down like, it was it was gross. It, it was it, it it yeah. This thing had to be on its last legs. Well, yeah. Years ago, one of the kids at Smokies caught a twenty-two inch smallie right under the dock, and it was the same same deal. thing. Uh, yeah, it was old, and I think it gone under that dock yeah. to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and oh, and one time out of when uh, when musky bills used to be on the other side of the lake, uh, I caught a twenty-five inch walleye on a bucktail. That was the same thing. Big head and skinny body. I mean, that thing, it had to hit a slow-moving bucktail, <laughs> you know, because I don't think it could have caught anything else. That thing, again, was on its last leg. You know, I don't think people realize how many fish that are in our lakes die of old age. And you don't see them floating. They go right to the bottom, and then they become food for crayfish and turtles. And Oh, and by the way, there's several big turtles hanging by Smokey's uh, Musky Shop. Musky bait and tackle shop, I should say. You know where they yep. dock the the pontoons in that. Yep. And one of them is a real dandy. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be dangling my toes in that water around those docks. Is Gordy got his turtle uh, harvest get, trap line going now? Uh, I don't know when that season opens. I, I'm not it's, sure when maybe it opens. That's July, but normally, uh, but he'll Gordy be trapping is, them. Yeah, Gordy is the one yep. that uh, starts starts trapping them. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, though. 
for the amount of work they got to do to get that turtle meat. We did it one time. Did you? Were yeah, you there? I, I, no. Let I me mean, guess. I, I and another guy up on Castle Rock Flowage. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm going to give you relay the procedure. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. So, <laughs> I don't. Th- you get I the turtle. I'm <laughs> right so far. Yeah. And then you cut the head off, and you hang it and let it bleed out. I think what this guy did was he cut it around the legs, and and he let and the turtle bit on a stick, and he let it he he hung it between two seats of the boat, and it was held onto that stick while it bled out. Now that I like I said, you're going to get all the animal rights activists I, really rolling on this story. Well, here. I I didn't. I think my story is a little better. <laughs> you know, you kill it, yeah, and cut the head yeah, off and hang yeah, it, yeah. Right, yeah. I, in fact, I I helped I, Gordy out. I I came out with yeah. the uh with the black, yeah, with the big cat. You know. The, oh, okay. Uh, you know the pelican. Rifle. Yeah. yeah. The, and I I I I fancied myself to be uh, Troy Landry shooting uh, <laughs> big gator when I poop hit it. You got to hit yeah. it just right. Yeah. And and got it that way. But then you got to get it out of the shell. Oh, it's a nightmare. You got it out of the shell, right? And then, and then you got to cut away from all the tendons and all that stuff. You got to cut that meat away. I mean, and now, it's, are you? How do you? I, cut, you can't cut through the shell. No, no. It. You got to like. I didn't do you gotta it. Got to carve it out yeah. from underneath the shell. From well, well, where there's an opening, yeah. See, I didn't do it. I, I, I caught mine on the cast rock flowage on a crankbait. I snagged it with a crankbait. Now, at the time, I don't know what. The stuff, you know, what the legalities are for snapping How turtles. How did you do you know? it without getting bit? Oh, well, we got it to the boat. We got it in the net, you know, netted it. and netted it. And and the guy I was with, he was familiar with them. And he, this is what he was doing, okay? So he did it all. And then we, when we got back to the uh, dock, he, he was the one who cleaned it and cut it and all that stuff. And uh, so it, it, it was quite a process. Whose boat? It was whose boat was it? You know, because if it were my boat, I'd I'm be saying sure. that turtle is not riding well, with me in this. This this boat is not big enough for me and well, that we turtle put boat. It in, we put it in the live well to bleed out. Great. Okay, yeah, great. we put it in the live well. Oh, it's so. And he, you know who the guy was? You probably have heard of him too, Tony Puccio, pro walleye angler from Madison. Tony Puccio. Yeah, Tony Puccio. Later died of salmonella poisoning, poisoning from <laughs> no. handling turtles. No, no, he's a, he's a pro walleye fisherman. Guides up on the Madison chain and that. Really? And yeah, years ago, you know, we, we were friends, but then you you know he lives so far away, we just kind of lost touch in that. You know, his brother Tony Puccio makes the the bait rig stuff, all the things by bait rigs. Oh, really? The, the oddball jig and all that stuff. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, yeah, it was him and I, and he was he was kind of showing me a little bit of the Castle Rock flowage, you know, because mm-hmm. I was pre-fishing it for uh, the state, tournament. the big state championship, yeah, which I did win that year. But oh, yeah. anyway, of course, <laughs> Tom just just as an aside, Tom just won as an the aside. S- I did happen to win. I got lucky. You the know. state championship. Yeah. So so was this like a you were state champion if you won this particular contest, basically. Did they say this is the championship? With that organization, I guess, yeah. 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 So. so when we come back after after break, I'd like to ask you some questions about the Castle Rock Floyd. Okay. Because I've never been on the Castle Rock I'll tell Floyd. you whatever I know. Okay. okay. Well, I guess all right. that's all you can do. I guess that's all I can do. Hey, listen, folks, we got the gut report coming up next, and don't forget, at 645, we have... 
The Hornschwaggle, brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. What a wonderful prize package at that time. So that's after the 6.45 break. But next is the is the gut report. So we'll be right back. You can catch us on both uh, 12.50 a.m. and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The gut report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. A lot of people make their own coleslaw. Everybody likes coleslaw with certain things, especially, let's say, with a fish fry. But have I got a creamy coleslaw dressing for you. And, and you know, if you're a, a, a master chef like me, you eyeball a lot of things. Let's face it, guys eyeball things, right? They say, ah, put a little bit. This is about a tablespoon. And this is about a half a cup. You know, No, with this recipe, do not eyeball it. Follow the instructions carefully. One half cup of mayonnaise. One tablespoon of vinegar, one quarter table uh, teaspoon of salt, and two teaspoons of sugar, and one teaspoon of celery seed. You mix that up. Now, if you're making more coleslaw, just double it, and I'll tell you what, it is delicious. But you got to follow it exactly. You can't deviate from it. It that's what you got to use. You got to have all that measuring. Stuff yes, there. you got to measure it because I have done it eyeballing it, you know, and it has it does not come out right. You got to measure it so exactly. So this is coleslaw. This is coleslaw dressing. Yeah. Now you know some people like to shred their coleslaw. Some people will so grate, what do you do? grate what, it. What you do, know what do they do? They shred lettuce then for coleslaw. No, no, uh, cabbage. You take a cabbage. Cabbage, and you can either. My mom used to take kind of a little grate thing. Yep. Is yeah, that that's, it? That's you take grating it. The yeah. Cabbage grate. Then it's smaller. Pieces, Smaller pieces, yeah. and then you mix it up. Yep, with this dressing, and and of course you know in well in my coleslaw when I make it I'm I'm putting some onion in it and some uh, uh, shredded uh, not shredded but uh, uh, grated carrots you know a little right. bit of grated carrots little you know some onion you know diced finely chopped onion and then but this dressing is is really really good it really works. You want to know and, who has the best coleslaw? Park Avenue Pizza. In oh, Milwaukee. is that right? They got good, good they ones. They got the yeah. best coleslaw yep. I've ever had. And good coleslaw, I'll tell you what, that's I coleslaw and French fries, mm, I love it. But anyway, <laughs> that's the gut report, and it has been brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. It's wonderful. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. That that was going to be my next question. I was going to go, is it wonderful, Tom? Yeah, it it is good. It really is. Good stuff. So Castle Rock Flowage, I've never been on that body of water. Okay. I've heard that, is it that one and the Pete and Well that are both kind of stumpy and have a lot of hazards and stuff, or is it just Castle Rock that's like that? Well, I've never been on Pete and Well, but on Castle Rock and certain areas of the Castle Rock flowage, uh, especially in some of the bays, yeah, it can get pretty stumpy and all that. Uh, but uh, floating it, logs it, at all? Or? Uh, I never. I was up there twice and or three times. I never. Ran into one. It's you know. real dark water, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's darker water. Yeah, and uh, most of my fishing was done in the Yellow River or up by the Buckhorn Bridge. If you go underneath the Buckhorn Bridge, there's a lot of backwaters back in there. That if you if you didn't know where you know where the opening was in the reeds, you'd go right by it. You know, and there's a lot of backwaters. Back really, in there. So you caught yeah. the fish shallow. It was yeah. what's your secret yeah. winning yeah, state championship yeah. winning yeah. pattern? 
Yeah, and when Tony took me up there, uh, you know, he showed me some of these spots, how to find these backwaters and all that, and he told me about the buckhorn. And there's other places up there to fish, and the lake has got, you know, it's got everything. As a matter of fact, when we fished in the Yellow River, all I caught were walleyes, and and we're only talking like three feet of water. Right. And I was catching walleyes, you know, fishing for bass. But uh, there's walleyes and northerns and largemouth and smallmouth and carp and sheephead and all that, you know, all that stuff. Well, most people that I hear of, that go and fish Pete and well, for example, and, and I think Castle Rock as well. They all, walleye seems to be the most popular. Yeah, that's what's popular, yeah. They're not, what well, I wouldn't call not them. big. Ba- I wouldn't call they? them bass factories. The walleyes, well, I'm sure they can get big. All the ones I caught were little ones. Right. Seems so. to me they get a lot of small ones, so. Yeah, it, well, yeah. I've heard ice fishing, though. Like, uh, you have to do it during the day, which is counterintuitive because most people like to ice fish for walleyes at night. But apparently being as with the darkness or clarity mm-hmm. of the water or lack thereof, mm-hmm. you're best off it's a day bite when you're tip-up fishing for walleyes up there. Right. And uh, Petenwell is really known for its crappies and white bass, too. And it is quite the musky factory now. You know, a lot of muskies up there. Well, they're all... Wisconsin River impoundments, correct? Right. It's all part of the Wisconsin River, right. yeah. And and muskies are native to, I believe, both the Mississippi yeah. and Wisconsin yeah. River sure. systems. And, and when you really look at it, if you, have, if you do get old charts and maps, the native range of muskies was really pretty limited compared to, you know, what it is today. today oh, yeah. You know, yeah, they're all over. It was, uh, there, there were, it was limited to some lakes up in northern Wisconsin, and, and then the major river systems. Yeah, the river systems, You know, systems, the yeah. Chippewa, the Mississippi, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. which, correct me if I'm wrong, but pretty much most of those river systems all eventually kind of connect somewhere. Um, you've also got the St. Croix, Namakagan. Mm-hmm. I believe the St. Croix runs into the Mississippi. I had always oh, yeah. heard that there <clears> were some muskies native to the St. You know, Croix. So, um, yeah, and, and then a few lakes, and then, then you had... Uh, the Great Lakes strain of muskies. Mm-hmm. And up then, on the St. Lawrence River, mainly. Yep. And then up in some Canadian waters, mm-hmm. uh, there's, you know, different, you know, Lake of the Woods and mm-hmm. some of those others. Um, and then I believe around Ohio, some of the river systems, maybe the Missouri River system, I, I could be wrong on this, but I think there were some native to like the, some of the other river systems in the east. Um, yeah. The Missouri isn't over there. No. Uh, that's. The other side. But there, it's interesting. But, and since that time, you know, of course, with stocking, they've yeah. expanded the range well, greatly. exactly, yeah. And I'll tell you, that St. Croix River was interesting. I lost a lower unit on that damn St. Croix River. You know, we're going along about half throttle with an 85 horse, okay? 85 horse outboard going along about half throttle. And we're going up the river, and we see an island. Now, which side of the island do we go on? We don't know for sure, Right. But we see boats parked on the left side of the island. Well, figure, well, if there's boats there. I mean, there was a big wide opening between the island and the mainland, right. you know. And, and and it's like, and that was on the Minnesota side, Minnesota side right. and then the island. And, well, there's boats parked, so it must be deep enough for boats, right? So let's go that way. No, wrong. Went from eight feet of water to eight inches of water in a blink of an eye, and the lower unit was kind of twisted to one side. <laughs> and on the way back, all the we had to go and really – Slow speed and the motor was just shaking like crazy, you know, vibrating. Yeah, then that was not a pleasant experience. But on Castle Rock Flowage, we launched uh, for the one tournament. It was from Kleins Creek, 
and which is on the east side of the flowage. And it's about, let's say, about the middle of the lake, okay? And I had to go northwest to get to the, uh, the bridge, that Buckhorn Bridge. Well, it was foggy. And, and, and at the time, I did not have a, uh, a what do you call it? GPS. A comp- no, well, back then, you didn't have a damn phone. But uh, the thing was, is uh, no compass in the boat. Which Surprised they even now. invented a compass back then. Yeah, there was a compass. Yeah, I know. I it was so long ago. One. Anyway, and instead of going northwest and going slow in this fog, I ended up down by the dam southeast instead of going northeast, you know, and I ended up down by the dam. And it's because, because, you know, you're going along and all of a sudden it's like, where the heck are we? You know, (laughs) you know, going on a lake in the fog, even if it's a little lake, you can get lost so So easily. Were you bass fishing on the St. Croix? Yeah. Yeah. We went, we were fishing for just about anything. Yeah. What? Because, you know, it was one of those deals where a friend of mine and, and, and I, we fished a bass tournament up at the, Bals- at the Balsam Lake Pro Bass Invitational that's up in uh, northwestern Wisconsin. And on the way back, we just said, hey, we've never been on the St. Croix. Let's go try that lake. Well, I fished the uh, St. Croix. We used to do uh, float trips with my dad. And yeah. As a kid, it was my favorite trip to do and we would uh leave grandma's house in superior and i believe that's highway 35 the one that's probably underwater now we'd go you go south of patterson state park and we'd go about i don't know about 60 80 miles something Mm -hmm. like that and my uncle had a cop cabin on little mcgraw lake and real close to little mcgraw lake was the saint croix river Mm -hmm. and we would put in and go down a stretch of the river. Now, that river, according to my dad back then, was one of the cleanest rivers in Wisconsin mm-hmm. that you could almost drink right out of it. And I remember the water was really clear. Mm-hmm. And we'd just go down it. It wasn't really big where we were at as far as mm-hmm. being real wide. Yeah, where I, mean, I don't think it gets real we were, wide. We were yeah. in kind of an area. There were no other boats whatsoever. And then... You'd find a little bend in the river where there was kind of a quiet area and a few pools, and you could chuck daredevils and maps and catch five and six pound northerns. Which mm-hmm. back then, five and six pound northerns yeah, to us was like, great. you know, that was like 40 inch muskies to me <laughs> now. You know, we're nailing northerns. But it was interesting. Um, Dad wasn't much of a fisherman. He always had us, we're using Zebco 33s, and we had a leader on the end, mm-hmm. your little Berkeley leader. And whatever bait you used, you just had kept that leader on there. Didn't matter. <laughs> Walleyes. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. We were using the old minnow. I think, is, was there an LNS minnow or something like that? There was a kind of a jointed minnow, and we'd be throwing those. Uh, the river runt, we'd, um, mm-hmm. thin fin, we'd be throwing minnow rapalas, uh, daredevils, uh, maps, and you'd just chuck it to the banks as you went. And you caught everything. Yeah, we caught exactly. bass. Yeah. We caught walleye. And then we later did the same thing on the Namakagan. We did mm-hmm. a trip on the Namakagan. Um, and I, I remember on the Namakagan one time, we had a stringer full of mixture of walleyes, pike, this, that, bunch of kids in a boat. I can't believe my dad would put two big guys in a bunch of us kids in a boat like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we lost the stringer of fish. And we're going back down the river, and we see the river. Eight feet down, we see the stringer of fish on the bottom. So I remember we threw an anchor out, and my uncle stripped down to his underwear and grabbed the anchor line and held his breath and went down to the bottom <laughs> yeah. and grabbed and got that stringer of fish. And I was snapping yeah. pictures with my little 
Instamatic camera. Yeah, yeah. And then I had film that you'd get and you'd send it in to get it developed. And I sent the film in and never got it back. Evidently, they probably thought my uncle in his underwear was pretty obscene and they couldn't uh, couldn't uh, <laughs> couldn't print that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was the Namakagan. I remember on the St. Croix using a rubber frog. Yeah. The old snake proof frog, sure. which was also, they should have called it the fish proof frog. Yeah, fish proof Because they grab it, but you couldn't get you the could hooks on it. Never hook them. Never. But I'd throw that on a leader of all things mm-hmm. to the edge of the banks along the St. Croix. And I had bass blowing up yeah, at it, but yeah. I couldn't hook nothing. Couldn't hook them. No. no. Well, that's almost true today, too. You got to, you got to like tweak some of those frogs you use. You know, it'd be interesting. I'd love to go float the Namakagan or the St. Croix again. Yeah. Yeah. Do something like that. Take a small boat, take some light tackle. I wouldn't be using a Zebco 33 in liters anymore. No, you wouldn't. And I'd have probably to. really catch some fish. Probably. Well, we got to go to a break right now, folks. But when we return, we are going to be playing the Hornschwaggle, brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. So be a contestant, win a wonderful prize pack. Can it's I tell wonderful. them the subject? I don't know. Do you want to pike? Su- pike? If you know something about pike? Seven nine nine twelve fifty is the pike, phone number to call to be a call contestant. Call in guess anyway. Like seven nine nine twelve fifty is the phone number. We'll be right pike. back with more. Knows nothing. What's that? Who knows nothing? Schultz, Sergeant Sergeant. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, 799-1250. Give us a call with your hunting and or fishing report. Probably not much hunting going on right now, Tom. Not really. No, not really. Fishing report. We'll amend that and or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. We've got our Hornswoggle segment now. Do we have a lucky contestant? We have a lucky contestant. Hopefully we have a ourselves a lucky wiener as we always like to say. Uh, we've got Joe calling up from Monaco, Wisconsin, all the way up there. Hey, hey good morning, Joe. Hey, Joe, morning, where is Monaco? It's in between Crandon and Rhinelander. Good oh, okay. I've Crand-tucky, never heard of it. Baby. Never so, heard of it. So like, well, it's, 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 a, it's a one gas station town. Do you have a stoplight there or just a stop sign? <laughs> just a stop sign. Just a stop sign. There's no stoplight. There's no stoplights when you get through you the guys, Northlands. Uh, I talked to you guys not too long ago. We had a conversation right. about the Rhinelander Hodag. Yeah. That's right. Hey, That's right. Hey, do you listen to us online up there then? Uh, I've been trying to. Lately it's been tough because you guys switched uh, whoever does your pre-recorded and your podcast. Go so here's what you got to do. I, we've we're not doing the we're not utilizing the 1057 uh, FM app. Go to radio. radio or whatever. Go to radio.com and then yep. you have to hang on. Let me pull up my phone. There's there, I got there the is app already. Yeah, there's a, if you yeah, go I to if, it out. yeah if you go to the page, you got to scroll down. And we've been having a little bit of troubles with the podcast. We're working on it right now. We're working on it uh, as the days pass. But yeah, if you scroll down, you'll see local podcasts. Yep. And then you just scroll all the way over to the right, and it's all all the podcasts are uh, sorted out new, uh, alphabetically from A through Z, and then you can yeah, and then you can just, upload. I listen to you guys actually uh, some of your older yeah. shows. Last night I worked a twelve hour shift, and it got me through my shift. Nice. Hey. <laughs> so um, so when you listen to us live though, uh, like are you listening now? Uh, you must. Well, no, I can't because I'm on the phone. 
Oh no. yeah, but be- but beforehand, but beforehand, were you listening online or? Yeah, that's that's why I was I was trying to call Dude. to be the lucky corn yeah. testin. Yes. Oh, okay. you are ready to win. Uh we'll we'll see what happens. I hope okay, so. here we go, Pike. Mm-mm-mm. Now, Pike and Muskies will eat just about anything, so I'll preface this statement by saying that. So they will eat, you know, pretty much whatever, but. As a general rule of thumb, they do say that pike and muskies tend to prefer elongated prey as opposed to cylindrical prey. In other words, something like a long, thin perch or sucker as opposed to a big, round bluegill. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? Uh, Boy, I'm going to go with kind of what I think I know and what I've found in the belly. Okay. And I'm going to say hornschwaggle. No, that's a no hornswoggle. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they have just as from the all the research books that I've read, they said even though yeah. they will eat anything and they will eat, you can find a perch in their belly. As a general rule of thumb, the cylindrical prey. Yeah, perch, walleye suckers. Yeah. Okay. okay. To catch the biggest pike, if you want to get your biggest pike of your life in July when it's a hundred degrees out, go to the warmest possible water on your lake. And try and find that giant pike in the hottest possible water. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? Mm. Hornschwaggle? Hornschwaggle, oh, yes. Oh, that away, Big Joe. Pike. Yeah. Big pike. Big uh, pike. Cool, cool water fish. Okay, you got your one out of two. All right. Uh, European pike, due to the fact that they do tend to eat more cylindrical prey over there as opposed to elongated European pike tend to have larger, different-shaped heads than North American pike. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Boy, that's a tough one. I'm going to say hornswoggle. Yeah, that was a no hornswoggle. Really? Yeah. I did not know yeah, that. European pike do tend to have I, a different... Yeah, that was a tough one, Bushy. Really? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Come on Bushy. <laughs> what the hell's going on <laughs> yeah, out here? Come on. <laughs> So do I have to come up with another question, Tom? Was that too? Uh... No, well, no, those. No, I'll play by the rules. Oh, Got to play by it. the well, rules. Geez, Joe, Joe, call again next time. I'm yeah, sorry. That try one next was. week. All right. Okay. You bet. All you right. Bet. I'll, I'll try. All, All right. right. Take Thanks, care, man. Joe. Have a good time. Bye yep. now. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah their their jaws and heads are kind of shaped, kind of different. They got a bigger bill. Oh, okay. Top of their heads. Yeah? Yeah, kind of more duck-like. And they don't have enough elongated uh, species to feed on there? Yeah, evidently, I think there's um, some kind of big round bream over there. Yeah, or they, something that they tend to. They got some, yeah, they got some. Yeah, I got fish. the In Fisherman Pike yeah. book. Yeah. yeah. I should okay. bring that in sometime and show it to you. That was a, a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. The In Fisherman Pike book, published back in early 80s, was probably the most definitive study of pike around at the time it was really good i wonder if al still is still goes by all that stuff i mean you know what i mean because over the, you know since 1980 to 2018 you, know, you never see al fishing pike yeah you know you're right it's either walleyes or smallmouth you might see one of the gang up in northern in in canada Canada yeah. doing pike, but yeah. you never really see Not people so do much. a whole lot of pike fishing no. on no. Uh, south of the border. No, not a lot. Yeah, it's a t- it tends to be the walleyes, and uh, well, up by up by him up there in Minnesota, they got so many great lakes for walleyes and smallmouth. You know, 
And uh, they got a lot of various species, you know. Some of the biggest crappies I've ever seen in my life are up there on Leech Lake. Well, you want to know what yeah. is kind of overlooked quietly up there in Minnesota. Here's, okay, see if you can guess. One species of fish in Minnesota that there can be fabulous, world-class, unbelievable fishing for, and you don't really hear people talk about it a lot. The eel pout. <laughs> no. No. They have a big ice fishing contest just for eel pout. <laughs> now, now that... World-class, besides the smallies? I yeah, mean, besides, uh, besides, besides the, the smallies. smallies and besides the muskie and besides the walleyes. Uh, is it the crappie? Is it the bluegill? Is it the perch? Nope. Is it something really, is it a rough fish? Nope. <laughs> Wanna, do we have one of our callers, listeners call in and try and guess it? And sure. And they win some mini mites if they guess it? Yeah, after, after the top after. of the hour. Let's give them a chance. We'll give them a get chance. get a chance to, to win out there. Look Joe, it up are on you the listening? Inter, inter, look it up on the internet. It's not on the internet. It's, it's just, not? Well, you know, it's just something in Bushy's brain here. Oh, so they have to dwell. I'm not wired into artificial intelligence they, yet. They have to delve the inside Bushy's brain. The machines, <laughs> the implants have not been oh, no, put that's, in my brain yet. The aliens haven't visited me in the night. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Well, while people ponder, what is that? What were you calling it again? Okay, what is, it, it's a species of fish that there can be Fabulous fishing for. I think I know and what it is. Now. Not a whole lot of people really talk about I, it when we talk about Minnesota. I think I know what it is, but I'm not going to give it away. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll ask you when we go during this sports update with Jazz Jazz Kalski. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.